I'm Lindsay Lee with Lee Ranch in Edna, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is always great to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, renewable energy projects like wind and solar are a big concern to Texas agriculture, with solar farms covering many acres of productive pasture and cropland. Until this point, there's been very little regulation on those projects, but that may be changing soon. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Tighter beef supplies can create challenges when it comes to maintaining market share. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Rural Texas land selling at premium prices and selling quickly in most cases. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Concerns are growing in Texas agriculture as renewable energy projects cover more and more Texas land without any oversight. A bill in the Texas legislature would address that issue. Senator Lois Kolkhorst authored the bill, which would give the Public Utility Commission more oversight on new and existing wind and solar projects. It just opens a conversation to say, where are we today and are we sure that we don't want to make sure that we know the environmental impacts long term. The bill has moved out of committee and is now on to the full Senate. Wheat crop conditions continue to fall as we march toward harvest. And it's not just here in Texas. USDA's Brad Rippey says it's a nationwide problem. We're seeing 39% rated very poor to poor. That's up from 37% a week ago. That's also higher than the 37% that we saw this time last year. The nation's largest winter wheat state, Kansas, leading the pack when it comes to bad wheat conditions with 60% of their crop rated poor to very poor. Here in Texas, 52% of our wheat crop rated poor to very poor, 32% fair, and only 16% of the Texas wheat rated good to excellent. Meatpacker JBS has agreed to pay $25 million to commercial beef purchasers that accuse the meatpacking company of conspiring with industry rivals to restrict market supply and keep prices artificially high. 
It's the second deal that the Brazilian beef giant and its U.S. units have struck in the case. They agreed last year to pay $52.5 million to grocers and other plaintiffs that make up the direct beef purchaser class. The new settlement is subject to a judge review and approval and requires JBS to cooperate in ongoing cases against corporate defendants that have not settled, including Cargill and Tyson. Texas farmers are making good progress getting spring crops in the ground. The latest Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report shows that 65% of the Texas corn crop is now planted. That's a bit ahead of the 61% five-year average pace. Sorghum planting now stands at 52%, just a bit behind the 58% five-year average. Cotton planting right on schedule, 13% of the cotton crop now in the ground. The only crop that seems to be way off pace this year is rice. Rice planting in southeast Texas now 55% done, well behind the 71% five-year average. Tighter beef supplies can create challenges. James Hunt tells us lower supplies are helping fed cattle prices reach record levels. But packers are making their moves as well. As we talked about yesterday, reduced cattle inventories are helping our local cattle feeders when it comes to their price negotiations with beef packers. In fact, fed cattle prices in our region are the highest ever seen, according to Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association. But at the same time, Miller says packers appear to be making a strategic move of their own by purchasing fewer cattle, as national slaughter numbers show. We've been seeing for quite a few months in the 650 to 680 range. Today, we're seeing somewhere just barely over 600,000 head being harvested on a weekly basis. So 605, 610, 620, and we're used to seeing a 650 to 680. So we've lost significantly a number of cattle that are being harvested on a weekly basis. And we're going to continue to see that for the next couple of years as these numbers tighten up. Miller says as tighter beef supplies put pressure on grocery store prices, maintaining market share for beef is important. And that will require cattle feeders continuing to produce a high quality product and perhaps others in the business of selling beef doing their part as well. We have to keep the consumer in mind and pay attention because we don't want to lose our consumer going from beef to some other type of protein. So, I mean, it's the cycle that we have to pay attention to and that we have to continue to watch and make sure that we don't lose any of our consumption or demand for the beef product. And I think we'll do that. I think the retailer will continue to pay close attention to that because it is a big item in their stores as well. And so where the packer was making pretty good profit and the retailer was probably making pretty good profit. Moving forward, I would hope that they would maybe reduce what they're expecting on profit on their end to help us keep the consumer buying our product. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Rural land sales in Texas are still fetching premium prices. Tom Nicoletti checks on some recent sales across the state. My guest today from College Station is Tyler Jacobs. He is Hall & Hall LLP a partner broker, and he joins us as he has on this program on uh, various occasions. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, uh, some recent uh, rural land um, sales and uh, uh, where those are in the state. And uh, Tyler, uh, let's talk about uh, you know what uh, information you have there at your fingertips. 
Absolutely, Tom. Always glad to talk with you. And, and we're looking at uh, reported sales from third-party sources from the last 30 days. So these are recent sales and, and largely just unimproved property. And let's uh, start in the Texas Panhandle. You bet. Tom, there is a Hemphill County sale of 633 acres sold for about $1,280 an acre. Uh, and it was on the market for about 50 days. It had some old CRP pasture on it, and some old cultivated fields. And in the big country, there was also a recent sale. Absolutely. In Nolan County, there was a 618-acre sale for $2,590 an acre, and it was on the market for about 60 days. It looks like it was just pretty much rangeland, a little bit of old fallow cropland, and, but it did have some, some wind didn't come from it. And certainly uh, the idea here is the fact that uh, those acres are going for a, a premium price and they're not on the market very long. So far, you see that, that uh, when these properties are priced when they're supposed to be, they are still moving. Tyler, we uh, pick up on some uh, recent rural land sales in uh, notable areas of Texas, and uh, one of note is uh, out in East Texas. One of the sales I picked up there was in Hargan County. Pretty traditional timber tract, $3,150 an acre for 520 acres, and it was on the market almost a year. So again, you're seeing timberland prices still pretty slow. But then when we uh, travel over to the hill country, that might be a different story. The hill country market is still very, very, very strong. There was a sale there in Kimball County for 627 acres and just raw land with a little bit of live water, but moderate water for $5,100 an acre. And that was only on the market for, for 91 days. So you're seeing these places, even at very strong prices, historical for the area when they're the right kind and they sell. Finally, down in South Texas. You bet. We've got a real typical Golden Triangle Webb County sale. It's out on Highway 44, 665 acres for $2,180 an acre. And it was on the market for 166 days. Unapproved ranch, but nice deer country, and that's what moves that market. So again, still showing some strength. So certainly some desirable uh, land for people to look at and purchase uh, for whatever reason uh, that they see fit, uh, depending on uh, where they are in the state of Texas. We would generally call inventory still down and buyer interest still high. That is Tyler Jacobs. He is with Hall & Hall LLP. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Eastern turkey hunting season begins in just a few days. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And liver flukes are common in cattle across many areas of Texas. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. As we celebrate Earth Day 2023, we know that sustainability in agriculture requires our entire value chain to invest in our planet, this year's Earth Day theme. That's why we collaborate on best practices to protect crops, reduce inputs, conserve and regenerate land, and help keep fresh water clean, all while striving to reduce the climate impact of our own operations. This message is from Syngenta, investing in agricultural innovation that helps protect our planet today and tomorrow. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Liver flukes are common in cattle across many areas of Texas. Dr. Bob Judd says there are a lot of misconceptions out there about liver flukes. Liver flukes are not a typical parasite as they require a specific water pattern and use an intermediate snail as the host to survive. The parasite emerges from the snail and attaches to plants in or near the water where cattle graze. Once ingested by the cattle, the liver flukes start destroying liver tissues before growing into adults and laying eggs. The eggs then pass through the animal in the manure and hatch into larvae that search for snails as the next step in their life cycle. Typically, flukes are only found on the Gulf and Pacific coast, but now have been found in 26 states. This may be due to changing weather patterns or increased transportation of cattle and hay. Dr. Robert Gukic from Florida indicates that fluke infestations in his area have increased in the last four to five years, and he thinks the increase may be due to snails not burrowing as deep and are more susceptible to the larvae. Any areas with standing water should be a concern for cattle liver flukes. Another misconception is that flukes should not be a problem in a drought, but this is not the case as cattle are always drawn to water. Keeping cattle out of extremely wet areas is a good thought, but difficult to accomplish as all cattle need water. Although a post-slaughter exam can be used to diagnose a fluke problem, the parasite can be diagnosed with a fecal egg count reduction test, although due to intermittent shedding, a single sample could be negative in an animal that has flukes. Clinical signs of liver flukes include reduced conception rates and reduced growth, and to kill flukes, your dewormer must contain chlorosulan to kill the flukes. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. East Texas turkey season begins in just a few days. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Eastern turkey hunting season officially kicks off Saturday. Jason Harden, wild turkey program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more. There are a handful of counties in East Texas with an open season. Those northeast Texas counties along the Red River from Grayson, Fannin, Red River, Lamar. Those counties have a handful of birds. Red River and Grayson probably being the highest density of birds in northeast Texas. And then you go down to southeast Texas, Polk County, Nacogdoches, Sabine, Jasper County, a few others down there. And that's probably one of your better areas. If you look around Sabine County, Newton County are probably the best two counties in uh, southeast Texas to take a bird. The spring turkey hunting season is already underway in the Rio Grande North and South zones in the special one turkey bag limit area. Harden says sometimes there can be confusion as to whether a hunter has bagged an eastern turkey or a Rio and how that could impact tagging. If you're hunting in a county that's designated as the Eastern Turkey County, that's the tag that you use. We hear about that on a regular basis, but just pay attention to the county that you're in. I look at the Outdoor Annual app. It will be organized as either a Rio Grande or an Eastern County. The following are Eastern Turkey Counties. Bowie, Cass, Fannin, Grayson, Jasper, Lamar, Marion, Nacogdoches, Newton, Polk, Red River, and Sabine. 
All turkeys harvested in those counties must be reported within 24 hours of harvest via the My Texas Hunt Harvest app or the My Texas Hunt Harvest website. Be sure to check out this year's Outdoor Annual on OutdoorAnnual.com or via the Outdoor Annual app for full regulations. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal. We saw red ink across the board in Wednesday's closing prices. We'll look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a lot of red ink on the board as we closed out the agricultural markets on Wednesday. Cattle market stepping back, taking a breather after several days of hitting record high prices. The April live cattle contract dropped a dollar five. It closed at one seventy five forty two. The June down a dollar sixty. 163.60 August live cattle down a dollar 30 closing at 162.75 feeder cattle closing mixed nearby contracts lower with April down a dollar 25 204.67 May feeders down a dollar 2 210.47 the August contract was up 70 cents to close at 226.77 cash fed cattle market still mostly quiet for the week We've only got a couple of thousand head reported sold, and they're scattered around the country. Big price range, depending on where the sales happened. Price is 171 to 184 so far, but again, very light. Just a couple of thousand head. Not enough for market tests this week so far. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers, had his regular sale on Monday. Riley, how did that thing go? It went good, Larry. Uh, market continues to be strong um, on all classes. Uh, they did take a little bit of uh, rail money off the cows and bulls, uh, but uh, nothing too bad. Uh, they were sold kind of two to four lower. I uh, ended up with 1,531 head today, a uh, handful of pairs. We had to split most of them, uh, brought from nine and a quarter to 1475. Uh, some bread cows from eight and a quarter to 1350. High yield and packer cows, 94 to dollar two. The breakers, 90 to 98. Their canners, 48 to 78. High yield and packer bulls, 106 to 110. Low to medium yield bulls, 92 to 106. Uh, the lightweight calves, uh, they were a little higher today. Your choice two to three weight, uh, choice two to three weight steers, 224 to 252. Heifer mates, 208 to 234. Three to four weight choice steers, 228 to 248. Uh, the heifer mates, 196 to 224. Four to five weight choice steers, 220 to 248. Heifer mates, 198 to 220. Five to six weight choice steers, 210 to 232. Heifer mates, 190 to 208. Six to seven weight choice steers, 194 to 216. Heifer mates, 178 to 190. And the seven to eight weight choice steers, 182 to 196. And the heifer mates, 168 to 180. 
So I uh, got along real good. Had pretty decent volume. Uh, you know, the, the like I said, the calf, a uh, little lightweight calves look like there's a little a little momentum in them today, and uh, the other cattle sold steady to maybe a little bit better as well. Good. Well, tell us how to get a hold of you for next week's sale. You betcha here at the office is 361-786-2553. My cell phone is 361-813-6650. You can always go to the website, liveoakalifestock.com. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. Thanks so much for listening to Walking the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You're listening to this program on Texas Ag Today. Back to the futures market. Now we're lean hogs finish mixed on Wednesday. The nearby May contract down five cents, 78.77. June hogs up 67 at 86.42. Same thing on the class three milk market mixed with the April contract up seven cents, 18.70 a hundred weight, while May milk was down five at 17.42 a hundred. The cotton market dropped lower on Wednesday with a weaker Dow and renewed fears of higher interest rates pressuring cotton prices. May cotton dropped 131 points, 83.24. July down 118 at 83.65. New crop December cotton down 71 at 83.50 cents. Lower corn market, May corn dropped five and a quarter, 672 and a quarter. September corn down eight and three quarters, 568 and a half. And the wheat market took a drop lower as well on Wednesday. A lack of fresh bullish news to support the market and some potential weather improvements in the Great Plains over the next couple of weeks. All pressured wheat prices lower. July Kansas City wheat dropped 18 and a half, 849 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down 16 and a half. At 692 and three quarters. In the energy markets, May natural gas was down 14 cents at 221. May West Texas crude down $1.69, 79.17 a barrel. The financial markets mixed Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down 86 points at 33,890. The NASDAQ up 23, 12,177. The SP up 2 at 4,157. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.